Hello, welcome to Soberish, the I'm officially sick of the sound of my own voice, so I might as well record a podcast podcast. I'm Jessa, I'm your host, I'm having one of those days where I can't stand myself, you know, like, too self-aware, I don't know, I'm just like, shut up, and then 10 seconds later, I'm like, here's something I haven't ranted about yet. (laughs) Anyway, might as well do it at you guys, everyone else is done with it. Are you guys done? Bring it on. Well, we've just spent already seven hours today talking, <laughs> so we're going to continue this That was ship. the pre-unpack, and now we have the yeah. unpack. Yeah. Right after this, we're going to the post-unpack-unpack. <laughs> um, a couple things. We are hopefully uh, going to launch a beta. So the Imagination Project, everyone's asking because everyone's bored and wants to help. So the Imagination Project needs the website up first. So um, Kath has been working on that, and she's doing like she's working for free. Ramin is making the artwork for it, and I think his computer just went down. So I think I'm going to put up the front page without the artwork for it, so that people will just have the ability to go apply for the mark is burning the place on uh they have the ability you guys have the ability to go apply to like have your listing on there as (laughs) i'm sorry i'm really i might start a fire (laughs) palo santo is a very very dangerous uh incense to burn when it falls down into the crease of a antique Victorian era chair, God, things about to go up like a hay bale. All right. Just glad it's not me. Just starting fires everywhere. This would have been a convenient time for me to punch a glass of water across the room. <laughs> Whew, been a long day. How are you guys doing in this energy? Anyway, we're trying to get the website up. Thank you everyone for asking and inquiring. It's just, uh, I was in the process. Somebody else from the community was in the process of getting the paperwork together to apply for the nonprofit status. And that is, um, that is, uh, I don't know. Should I still do that? Are we, uh, gonna have, uh, do I need nonprofit status moving forward? I'm not sure. So <clears throat> we're going to proceed, but it's a lot. And and um, I now am back to having to homeschool my kids. So anyway, um, I'll make an announcement on social media, Instagram. Um, I almost said pentagram. Uh, Patreon, whatever. When the site is up, so you guys will at least be able to fill that stuff up. And then I can have someone working on getting it loaded into the website. And But I think originally April... 10th or April 15th was my original goal if I remember maybe it was April 1st which we're not doing so um that's the plan imagination project has been doing stuff the entire time but it's just like the getting up the entire infrastructure and stuff is um is a lot we still have to get um it will probably be easier once we get the like board of directors put together and then maybe someone besides me has everything in their head trying to um undo it so anyway just wanted to get that piece of housekeeping out of the way so a few things i want to talk about uh what was the first thing timelines 
Um, a non-view, a not. Were you just smelling your armpit? No, I was burping in my arm. Oh. <laughs> Corona. <laughs> we were smelling armpits before you came in. Uh, here. Our own armpits, not each other's. That would be. Anyway, um. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all about living together in 2020. This is what conscious communities are all about. <laughs> Today's is smelling podcast each other. is about boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it is. <laughs> it is exactly about boundaries. I, I guess let's go into that first, um, and then we can go into timeline stuff. Uh, right before this started, we I like tuned into the Soberish group for the first time in a while, and it was like there were like reported comments and um, like screenshots of people arguing. And this is just really the energy right now. Is I think that's why I'm so annoying, is because um, it's like an aggressive energy, and I'm already pretty aggressive, and so. Um, we when we get into that energy there's stuff for us to work through there's a lot of people like we're all having some sort of like death of some part of ourselves and then we're all kind of coming at each other crazy and I have been talking about like for the last two weeks I felt like people are dying at me you know like people are going through their own shit and then next thing I know I'm like what are you why are you freaking out on me right now and we've been in this kind of like the three of us with uh, my two kids, we've been in this kind of consciousness pod and have been mostly getting like people from outside of it dying at us. And I think we've done a really good job of being a little consciousness community. But I think the thing that people are chasing, because in the in the soberish group, they were, finish a fucking sentence, Jessa. In the soberish group, they were like this group isn't what it used to be this is like blah 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 and I think what we're this utopia that we have in our heads is that we will leave the old society where there was conflict and we will go to the new society and the new world where there is no conflict and there is no pain and I think that this is where love and light toxic positivity spiritual bypassing fantasy kill these ideas that were originally once good i think everyone needs to surrender as soon as possible to the fact that pain will exist forever your relationship with pain can evolve if you start to take pain for those of you who have had kids naturally i talked about this today because i've talked about fucking everything today um when you have a, a baby naturally, it's it, you're it's about embracing the pain. It's about going into the pain and becoming one with the pain. We have to do that in our lives. And we have to acknowledge that we are all different energies. And the things that make us like being around each other in large doses can get annoying. Or people have bad days. Or people get frustrated. Or sometimes the energies don't match. My hyper-aggressive, takes-up-5,000-feet-around-me energy doesn't match when I walk in and these two are, like, reading or, you know, journaling. I, like, I bust into the to whatever area they're in sometimes and I'm like, all right, wrong vibe. And then just, like, <laughs> find my way out of it. And sometimes I'm activated and I don't find my way out of it. I stay because I feel like uh, I can't just say, like, oh... 
wrong vibe, let them be their thing. I'm like, look at this thing from Twitter, you know? Mm -hmm. And I like, and it takes me a second because then my next thing is like, oh my God, they don't like me. They wish I wasn't here because my attachment systems, like, have you considered that you are not wanted anywhere? And so I get to navigate through all this shit. And this is what consciousness is, right? It's being aware of these things. It's being aware of other people's energy, being aware of your energy, being aware of the fact that there's a time and a place, being aware of the fact that sometimes people have a bad day, um, letting people, like holding space, letting people have a bad day. I tend to get like... Uh, if someone's having a problem, it's difficult for me to just let them have a fucking problem. I like, I have to stop myself from being like, you know, here, let me solve the problem or let me get overly involved. You know, it's like, I'm learning to hold space in that area. I'm learning that it's not a reflection on me as a person. If, uh, my partner, my friend are not having a good day, this doesn't mean that I'm failing. You know, it's all these opportunities to work shit out and, but there's bad feeling, like bad feelings. There's like, you know, sometimes painful feelings in that. And I think that if we think it's only going to be sunshine and rainbows and fun, we are never going to make it in a conscious community together. There are people talking about moving to one city. We'll never make it in any of these conscious communities if we think that we're going to go and it's always going to feel good. Yeah, it's like the work doesn't get you... <clears throat> the work does when you I think the utopia thing is actually almost even a wrong word to you because it does it it's it feels like oh this new world's right up right on the verge and when we get there all the work is done like it, it's going to take work to get there and then we're done right and it's not that's like the similar thing you usually use as like a jump cut thing it's not going to be a jump cut to just bliss like as we've doing this work when we get up there I was really surprised to see that too when the three of us kind of got in a groove where it, it like it wasn't easy. One day would be really tough. Uh, you had to be really patient, and uh, it, it took a lot of work, man. It's it's like not fucking all bliss and, and great. Uh, and then the next day would be blissful and great because we did that, and we kind of all. It's basically holding space is like you know providing that mirror to somebody else. But then the real thing is like when you feel it, like when I've felt Nate hold space for me, it it just. It's kind of a mute thing. And then you realize like, oh, this is I have to work on this right now. Right. For myself. So you're giving me space to just you almost probably can see my answer. You see what you need to tell me. But you don't, because if you told me, then I wouldn't have done the work and you just handed me a thing. Right. And then I'm going to move on. And then that thing that I didn't face is going to eventually come out and spiral us. And then we we have to like separate or whatever. So it's a it's like a lot of patience, a lot of like understanding of what what the energy is doing in the room, tapping into that feeling and then not reacting so quickly, you know, um, really trying to just like slow that down. And it, and it means being patient, tuning into the room, and then just allowing the other person to do it. Like, however much time it needs to take. If you got to go up on the hill, if you got to go out and go for a walk, whatever, it's it's up to that person. And then when they come back, then you can see it. I've had so many, like, with both of you all, the next day, I'm like, damn, that was, thank you for doing that. Like, I didn't even know. And sometimes we're not even aware of it, you know? It's like we haven't. Right. It's something we're kind of naturally falling into, and then it's so tickling the next day. You're like, damn, that was great, you know? And... It wasn't easy. I didn't see it. I couldn't. When you're around people that do resonate, it can feel like this isn't, oh, this is just going to be blissful and no work. But God, it's 
it's a next level of work. You know, yeah. it's another thing. That's something that I've realized. And like we talk about attachment attachment systems and your attachment style. Some people are secure. Some people are anxious avoidant. Some people are anxious pre- preoccupied. And you can, if you're not a healthy attachment, then you're in the other 50% of the country that has anxious avoidant or anxious preoccupied. And you can deal with that attachment disorder. But then if you take it even a step further, you're still fucking attached. <laughs> and you're still like the attachment system gets activated when you feel afraid. And even if, like, to you guys, I'm not attached. I'm not, we, like, joke about a thruple, but we're not an actual thruple. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, but there's still, there's still attachments to you guys. I have attachments to you as a friend. I have attachments to you as a friend. And there's still these phantom fears that come up. And it's always the same thing, that you're absolutely alone. And that's true. Yeah, That's a real thing. You are absolutely alone. So you have to sit in that discomfort and be like, wow, it's just me doing my work on me. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That's what we all, I feel like, especially me, I keep trying to describe every day. I'm like, why do I still feel so alone sometimes? Like, I love you guys and we're here, we're supporting, but there is that thing in the back of your head. It's like, it's still up to you to do the work. It's not over when you get to a a group of people that resonate. It, it, It makes it, uh, quicker, I think it, the the processing can be quicker because three people or whatever, how many people are uh, balancing each other and the mirrors and everything. It's it's solid, but it's still a lot of responsibility, and it's beautiful that way. But a quick non-woo primer for what qualifies as awake or aware, and like conscious and unconscious is the words that I'm using now. A conscious person is aware that the entire world that you are experiencing is coming from inside of you, which means that nothing outside of you can do anything to you without you projecting that outwards. Now, that is near impossible to keep, like, immediately aware of in your mind at all times because from the time that we are born, we are told that everything outside of us is what you want, is what is real, is what tells you who you are. Like we are programmed at the beginning of, like all the way back to the beginning of this maze and the process of waking up. I I talk about galactic or whatever. You can get into that. That's all like mythology that you can get into. Similar to religion or whatever. It's all a way to explain what we are and energy and all this. But conscious awareness is conscious awareness that you yourself are experiencing a reality that you are projecting outwards. Now, if I am living in 100% integrity of that, that means that Mark cannot do anything to me that I am not projecting outwards. There is nothing, like every single person in my life, including my rapists, including my abusive parents, including my abusive boyfriend, every person who's ever hurt me in my entire life was playing a role that I wrote for them. Now, if you don't like that, this might not be the podcast for you. And as always, feel free not to listen to my fucking podcast if this isn't for you. But if you want to live a life of being consciously aware, the harsh truth And you can, two people here who have watched me fall asleep several times in the last few weeks, 
The harsh truth, if you want to actually win this game, is that reality does not suddenly become real just because it's your turn to learn a lesson. Reality does not suddenly become real just because you got triggered on some bullshit. When you are experiencing someone outside of you hurting you, that is you. That is your maze to figure out. That is your loop to decode. And what I am telling you right now, especially when I say stuff like even my rapist, I hear that. I hear that what that what that hits up against. And I'm not saying that rape is okay. I'm not saying that that because these things exist in multiple dimensions. So in the third dimension, yeah, that fucking sucks. Right. And that's bad. And I have to process all that in the third dimension and I have to have him killed or whatever. I mean, you can't prove that. Um, But in the higher dimensional reality where I'm in this game that was an experience that for some reason my higher dimensional self chose to experience and that's a controversial take but it can't sometimes be the truth and it can be both things it can be a paradox so I just went straight for the rape one because that's the one that people like to pull out but consciousness says I am projecting out everything that I am experiencing. Now, you have people in your life. I've had people in my life who treated me bad. And it's like, okay, well, I'm allowing you to treat me bad. I'm allowing you to betray my boundaries. I'm allowing you to use me for things. I'm allowing you to do this. Like when I come to this conclusion, I spend a lot of time trying to get them to do something different. And then I have to be like, why am I doing this? Now, my responsibility in this moment, there are situations where I was just a victim. Sexual abuse, I was just a victim. I'm actually grateful for every abuse I ever suffered. I don't think I deserved it or had it coming or whatever. Like these were like things for me to transmute. These were things for me to heal. They were part of our collective disease you know our collective unconscious masculine sickness or whatever and uh in being able to like heal those and share my story I've been able to help other people heal but like big tragic ones aside uh more in the things that we're clearing right now I had a relationship recently where the person loved me didn't love like you know whatever like the, the twin flame shit and the true lesson at the end is that this person had to play the role that I, I wrote for them. And he did exactly what I needed him to do. And when he did that, when he loved me but, but wasn't in love with me or whatever the fuck shit and our relationship got toxic or got difficult and whatever, like now in, with that far in the rear view, what he did was provide the exact mirror of my wounding. Like he mirrored back exactly how much I loved myself. He mirrored back exactly everything I was afraid of. He mirrored back everything I needed to clear. And as I healed, that relationship just kind of started to, I didn't need it. I didn't need that mirror anymore. And so we were able to just go our own way. And then I continued to heal in his reflection after he was physically out of my reality. And that's when it became really clear that this person has been playing the role that I wrote for him the entire way. Now, I can be lazy. I can be lazy and say, no, he was wrong. He should have done this. He should have done this. And I have. And in the 3D, I experienced every bit of that pain. In the 3D, I spent near two years crying on the floor in anxious activation. But he... 
if I 100% fully loved myself and was capable of setting boundaries and was being honest with myself and not doing a pattern of mine, which is hiding in fantasy, is right is pretending that people are going to be something different. I'm going to hang out and wait for you to be something different. Oh, when you just change, it'll be fine. He didn't need to change. He was doing he was just being himself. And I was like, but you would be perfect for me if you would just do this, this and this. Because that's what I'm saying to myself. I'm saying I'm not worthy of love right now, like complete unconditional love right now. So I am entertaining a connection with someone who doesn't quite fit so that I can tell him he's not right and he can tell me that I'm not right because neither one of us love ourselves. And as we began to heal, because we this was very transformative for us and we healed, there came a point where we're like, we need to go take care of ourselves and we're not good for each other. And so we moved on, right? But in the in the hindsight, and I did for a minute, I did for, you know, I did the breakup thing, but like uh, now looking back, that person was exactly what I needed them to be. Did I get hurt? Yes. Did he do things that were hurtful and I did things that were hurtful for him? Yes. But like consciousness says he did exact he did exactly what I projected outwards. People treat you. You ever meet people who just get like harassed in a in a certain way? Oh, it was a good example. I know one friend who's like in comedy always getting fucked with because she's a woman. God, boy, I'm picking all the controversial ones today. I must want to fight. Um, we, if we have like a certain wounding, we will get this like certain or like friends betray you. Like every time I have friends, they fucking betray me. Um, you know, every time I let someone close to me, they betray me. I have this loop with men where it's like, oh, uh, they, uh, they're really excited in the beginning and then they, da, da, da. like, that's my fear. And I project that out. And so then my partners reflect that back to me. And that's just what it is all the time. There is no exception to that rule. And waking up while it's happening, because we can all do it about like, oh, yeah, my first marriage 10 years ago, I can see now how that was a product of my own projection. But the opportunity that we're being given right now is to is to wake up in it, like be mid projection and be like, fuck, he can't do this to me. Like he can't do anything to me without me projecting it. The reason that I'm having this experience is because I'm asking him to be this mirror for me right now. Now, why can't we play this game with unconscious people? Uh, for a thousand reasons. Number one, if someone was privy to the fact that this was how you were looking at life and they were unconscious, they could take advantage of that, right? You have to be with conscious people and really trust that, like, uh, you know you're going to hold space and that you're not going to take advantage or whatever. <clears throat> I mean, I guess if they did take advantage, it would be because I was projecting it out. But another thing is the triggering thing. So I have attachment damage. I'm uh, anxious, preoccupied, which means I think everyone while you're home right now should read the book attached. And I'm going to get into attachment stuff in a second, but I haven't shut the fuck up since this podcast started with an anxious preoccupied attachment style it like it does not take much like distance or shift in tone or change in the way that things were done the day before for me to feel unwanted like as a as a child when the parent leaves the room and the kid freaks out like that's how my attachment system works and so when uh when there's just a normal shift in tone my attachment system activates 
And then I have to deal with all of this attachment system stuff. The attachment system starts writing a new story. I, I, in the past, had a lot of what's called activating strategies where I would act out or manipulate or get clingy or whatever to try to like feel close to the person. But I just read everything I could get my hands on about attachment systems since last year when I found out about it. I started to reverse engineer it. And when I first met Mark, I was like, hey... I know I seem cool and independent. This kind of goes out the window as soon as someone starts to get close to me because this thing takes over and um, but I'm trying to hack it. But here are the things that happen when it gets activated. I like get different and whatever. And what we've been able to do in this extremely uh, tense, unique circumstance is because I, I gave him all these tools up front and he's conscious when I'm in it, I'm like, okay, so I am activated. It feels like you're doing this. And I recognize, and this is after a year of me working on this, I recognize that there's a possibility that that's not true, but this is how it feels. And if I said that to somebody who was unconscious, all they would hear is, you're hurting me. You're doing this. But when you're playing this game with someone else who's conscious and Mark does it so perfect. Can I tell you, you do it so perfect because he's, he doesn't put any he doesn't coddle me at all. There is no like, it's OK. I love you. He just goes, mm hmm. Have you considered that there's a possibility that uh, this is just your like that this is your attachment system? And then like if I get like more activated, then he just kind of backs off. And then I just talk myself in a few circles. And then at one point, and we don't, we've only had like four flare ups of this, I think the entire time. But at one point, uh, it felt like he was reading off of a script to me in the most like monotone, like telemarketer. He was like, the most beautiful thing about a connection uh, of unconscious or of unconditional love is that it could end at any minute. So you're kind of just afraid. And when he was doing it, I was like, Oh, this is like, he's bored. Like we're bored now with this. Like, Oh God, this is so stupid. And I like snapped out of it. Cause I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm falling asleep. That's just like an example I can think of right now of projection of, of the attachment system is something that projects. If you have a, an intense, deep story about being unwanted, if you have right now a story about lack or financial insecurity, you can look at the current circumstances and then dive into that perception and reality will reflect it back to you. Reality does the same thing as people. What you just said reminded me of the Rumi quote, or Rumi, uh, the object is not to seek for love, but to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you've built up against it. Yes. That's Fuck. That's how it works with everything. That's like when people are like, I haven't hacked abundance. And it's like, no, you haven't finished cutting your programming out that keeps you. Abundance is here. Abundance exists in every area of your life. It's all the things that keep you from it. All your programming that keeps you from it. That's what I think is so beautiful about this. The, the It's like the most advanced fucking game you could have ever. Like, I, I feel like that's what, as you you crack through these things and it's so difficult to, and dense to understand these aspects. And then you kind of ask yourself, why like why is it such a puzzle uh why is it so hard to understand who we are and all these things and then you start getting through it and you're like oh because it makes it it like empowers i think you really can like as we get to this other side of it and um let reality start really like unfolding as we want to it's it's such a, it's a superpower but you can't like 
shortcut it because if you shortcut it, you wouldn't, you would not understand all of the, um, like not consequences, but the things of like, if everything you say and do has a way to unfold in this wild, uh, mandala and story that like, if you don't understand that you could make so many mistakes that like ruin your life, you know? So there's a, a kind of a responsibility that needs to be there to play such an advanced game that can benefit you and you can really truly have whatever you want and have all of these things but you can't do that without some kind of uh responsibility for your actions you know and so this is all part of it it's like 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 we're saying it doesn't get it's like it doesn't get easier as you come up it kind of gets more complicated and if you can balance that then it's easier and then it is a, it's really wonderful but that's not easy even uh being awake and conscious like you you fall back asleep i mean god we all three of us has like gone right back down to sleep i mean out yeah and, and you know and it's <laughs> terrifying because i felt like oh god where oh, hold on hold on hold on i'm in a different reality now this isn't real jesus and and then you know, whatever situation comes up, whether you're holding space, you're holding space, and then it allows to kind of slowly, because it wouldn't be fair either if, if, if either one of you were just like, hey, boom, smack you, and like, wake up, boy, get back in here. It's like, no, I have to figure out how to get myself out. And if y'all are staying strong in those mirrors, just holding space, not telling me what to do, but like throwing out little breadcrumbs that can help, maybe, it just gives me enough uh, just enough to kind of say, oh, wait, 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 this, okay, I can climb back up out of it. But it, it's, you go to sleep in a second and you don't realize it and then you're activated, you're worried, all these things that aren't real, but you uh, you allow yourself to tap into that timeline of it and it, and it God, it feels so real. But it's, uh, I just can't get over every like level you kind of break through. It's just like, yeah, whoa, like it has to be this, mysterious and puzzle driven because if anybody could just hack through it and you took a shortcut the whole thing would crumble it on this other side of whatever this like world we're all trying to get in that is pure bliss and happiness like it's you can't have any like weak links in that chain or the whole thing crumbles because it is it's a uh everything's connected every single fucking thing nature all of it and if you don't understand I mean, that's what we're doing to the environment we don't understand it we're just taking and using it and we're killing ourselves because of that because that is a foundational point it is fantastic that what we do to the environment is exactly what we do to ourselves that natural spirit part of ourselves we lock it down and we shut it away and we say like no this is something to be controlled and like yeah beaten and conquered but it's not it's something that's supposed to be you're a part of it part of you and you have to let it let it happen let it come out and, and play mm -hmm. that's such an interesting masculine versus feminine energy thing where masculine is striving and driving and oh, am i singing a cake song and um <laughs> um I, my suspicion because we're in kind of this pivot right now right like everything shifted when you leave karma karma is unconscious lesson learning karma is there is a higher aspect of you that kind of plays god for your life so when i say that you chose your difficult childhood you the avatar didn't your higher self did the higher self that's completely disconnected from the pain of this realm completely living outside of the split between light and dark good and bad just like this like the you that would like decide to 
do something crazy in Grand Theft Auto. You're completely disconnected from mm-hmm. that. You're not connected to that avatar. You don't care that it just drove over someone or whatever because it's a game. There is an aspect of you that's like higher dimensional that wrote the script of your crazy life that picked this huge karmic load for you to live. That's where higher dimensionally we get like, oh, childhood trauma. That part of me chose it. This part of me felt it. And something shifted for anybody. Go back and listen to like the episodes from November through December if you want to get into like me talking about this before I understood what like now I'm in it. But there was an end of this unconscious karma for people who had become aware, which means you were no longer having your reality written for you by a higher dimensional aspect of yourself, you were now integrated with the higher dimensional aspect, which means you're now creating reality kind of in real time. And you don't have this cushion where before your higher dimensional aspect was like, now you're going to learn about loss. And then you would go into this loss experience. And then your avatar would be like, what does this mean? What is the lesson here? Now that higher dimensional aspect of you is in you. And when you say, am I losing something? You are actually creating that reality in that moment. Anything you point your perception at is the re- is the timeline you're now on. Like timelines are just what you've pointed your perception at. And then reality is like holographic and will begin to fold around it. If you have someone in your life who loves you and cares about you and then you start to grow suspicious of them, you they will play that character for you. If you're like, am I being abandoned by the, Does this person actually hate me? They will start to do that. And I don't even know how to articulate what this is. I had an experience with you the other day where you were in something, I guess, and I noticed you were talking to me and I kept looking down at my phone. And I remember as I was looking down at my phone, I was like, this is weird. I don't usually like play with my phone when he's talking. And I was like, what am I doing this? I had another experience with my mom where someone came over and I swear to God, I introduced her to Ramin and then the kids And then uh, apparently I was like obsessing over one of my kids' friends' names. And so I was preoccupied with that. And then so I was like, this is Phoenix and Lilith. And I was like afraid to not know this kid's name. And then my mom was like, and I'm Diana. And I was like, I didn't introduce like what? And but she was on this like I didn't want her around like like abandonment thing. And I was like, oh, I'm having to play this. I'm like desperately trying not to play this character for her. I have other friends. There's a lot of people playing this abandonment wound shit on me. And anyone who knows me knows that like my plate is way too full and I take it so fucking seriously if somebody's mad at me. And I have like put reminders in my phone to call people and like and like and then like accidentally put the reminder in the wrong day and didn't call them. And it's like I can see that like you want me to do like you want me to play this character for you. I can't say that. I'm not saying that as a cop out. I still like obsess over it. But it's like it's it's wild. We're all creating these realities now. And if you still have this trauma is like, hey, I've written your reality in the past. Can I write it for you right now? You end up on a different timeline every five minutes. This is why, like, twenty twenty is feels like a psychedelic trip. Yeah, because they, uh, and this maybe could take us into the, some of the stuff about the psychedelics and stuff. Because it, what I've understood and felt like in in uh, using psychedelics over the last two years, 
was it takes all of your like the 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 ego out of the thing all your attachments it kind of it drops all that and then you go into the space and i'm talking about the big doses not the like the small stuff like five grams and up um preferably alone in your and by yourself in darkness because of what it's doing what what you do right when you get in there it's everything is you it's your brain uh it's not the drug, the drug dropped everything for you. That's blocking you being able to understand these things. And so the idea of a bad trip is what that is, is all of your shit coming out and right. you are projecting it out. So the instant you consider the dark thing that's scary in you, that nothing's blocking that right now. So you can, in an instant, you, you feel it and it is there in your face. The, I'm terrified of, uh, what snakes or something. And if I get into that trip and I think for a second about a snake, that thing is in the room and it has coiled me up and I'm dying, you know? And so the lesson, the thing to do is to try to, um, I felt immediately the first time I took mushrooms, when I like got into the peak of it, I was like, holy shit, this is, I can get here in my brain without this drug. There was something that like, it felt not like familiar i mean kind of it was like a just a sense that i was like this is a spot in my brain i can access somehow and it it took me multiple times to really like be able to outside of the drugs get there and it had to be in deep in meditation and i had to be really like high resonance resonation but um the lesson is to try to understand in these in the trips uh get a hold of that, get a hold of your brain. And you do have to go through bad trips to, to know what those shadows are. You can't, it's hard to find them when you're, when you're, uh, back in 3d out of these trips. And so as you go through and you can balance that out, now the idea is bring that back into your reality. And, uh, as we've gotten into this point in, in history or in time, that's 2020, like where the karma cycle is over and everything, that's where we're at right now. And if you haven't, tried to explore these things with psychedelics uh you don't have to but it gives you a leg up because you can understand it's your brain like you can if you can gain control of this you're able to uh start to really get reality to work for you because you can you know where this you know where the things that aren't real uh sit and you can feel how to start to control that um and again it's like a responsibility that comes with you have to be able to clear out these dark things that are controlling you um, and the psychedelics are beautiful for that because they really they they knock it all down, man. And it, and it's a pure it's a pure place to be able to practice uh, what's needed in in a, like this new right now in twenty twenty. You know, so the the interesting thing was that we've I mean I've done what like one four trips, three or four trips like in twenty twenty, and they were all so difficult. Like not, and I and I've done a lot of dark work with it like in a lot of the trips at the end of the last year not a lot i mean like i don't there were like two in the end of the last year were were real uh fun and and educational and it was mostly to kind of like get some information bring it back integrate it but there wasn't a lot of like uncontrolled like dark dark things that i couldn't get out of and uh so i think if if we're if 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 at right now we, we are like conscious and we're choosing to try to like go into these trip states um with the energy out there right now it's almost not it's just not necessary because it's actually to me it's felt a little dangerous every time uh, because it swirls everything around we were talking about it earlier and like the metaphor of a uh, great metaphor for everything is just flowing water and a river and that uh think of it as kind of uh 
you know, almost like a bunch of different rivers and they're all timelines. And if you want to go into, uh, well, it's actually, it's like the river right now, it feels like 2020. It's a raging fucking rapid river going right. down there. And uh, that's why right now, if you can, if we just think of, we consider uh, a dark timeline or something that hasn't been like happy in the past, it starts to occur pretty quickly and you have to kind of weasel your way out of that or try to figure out how to jump back on the other thing and if you add psychedelics into that the what it feels like to me if you don't have a foundation of some kind of you're you're like have set this timeline and you have it's locked in kind of and you know what you're doing um which right now it doesn't feel like a lot of people are in that because it's just wild energy so you don't have this foundation to come back to if you go into psychedelics now it's like there everything there's no grounding to it so it, who knows where you're going to when you come back who knows where you're going to land i had a trip the other night that um it was wild i i was like conscious about it i wasn't even that far into it it was a light load and i was just trying to be uh, i was writing some stuff so i wanted to use it to try to tap into some things and i just the entire time was avoiding this little like thing on my back and uh before i knew it it had completely pulled me into some other reality that was so dark and I was like here at my house safe and I had considered that that was all not safe and I had I had somehow been like flipped upside down and and made decisions in my life that weren't me and it was because I can the early in the thing I had just let something come in and thought I moved it out of the way like no that's not real I don't I don't want to even consider that but it snuck in and and when I landed and came out of it it had actually convinced me into some unreal uh reality and some timeline and and that was the night we had like a big triggering moment we all had to kind of balance it was crazy to see everybody really like step into their space and calm it down but i didn't until the next morning i i was like pretty delusional about it you know right and i'm i feel like i'm pretty well versed in the in the psychedelic world and i've done it a good amount and i've integrated a lot of things but this it's just not the time for for if you're if you're slightly awake and you have some kind of ability to keep your head on straight, just just hold down and get something locked in. Get a timeline that you feel good about and you it feels like it's locked and loaded. And then the psychedelics are a good tool to go pull down uh, a little bit of clarity on something or something you feel in the future you want to get some more light on. Then it's great because you have the foundation of when you when you land, you know where to integrate it. You know where to throw it in in the bin. Um, if you're not, if it, it, it's just, it's just too, it's too blurry. It's like fluid that like you're saying this morning. It's just really like you land back and you're like, which one was I on? Where was my, uh, where's my compass? Where's my foundation? It's nowhere, you know? Yeah, it is, uh, things I like psychedelics for are for when you are locked in an old paradigm or you're like an old version of yourself. Um, an old, old description of what acid did. And I thought it was Terrence McKenna, but somebody, I thought it was a doctor of some sort had described this. If your um, consciousness is this circle, then acid, LSD, I don't know if it's just LSD or all psychedelics, kind of explode that circle. And that circle goes out and floats around the atmosphere and then comes back and it's something completely different. Now, if you are trapped in an old version of yourself and you're trying to wake up, you're unhappy, you're trying to get out of something, you feel stuck in a rut, acid's a great way to like, or mushrooms or whatever, are a great way to like 
smash that thing and see what it comes back as. And maybe it comes back as something you integrate that. And then a little bit later you do that again. Um, if you are like solidly on a foundation that you like, or you are solidly in a foundation of something you don't want and you're trying to like evolve to another thing. Those are two times when to me it's acceptable to do psychedelics kind of don't need to do it when you're solidly in something you do like. Um, there is an opportunity to maybe reach up and see if you can grab something. There was a time last summer and I do very small doses of psychedelics, but there was a, because I kind of live in a psychedelic, like my experience with reality is largely psychedelic, but it has been almost constantly psychedelic since 2020 started, which was the glitter, the glitter thing that I saw coming and man, was it accurate. But there was a point where I was doing, there's like an acid trip documented on my Instagram where I just like laid in this park and like, I was like, oh, I'll like channel some stuff and whatever. Cause it had been months since I did it. I do psychedelics like a few times a year um, during like Ascension times. And then I go year, like, you know, I did it twice in 2012 before that I was sober for seven years. Then I was sober for another five years. And then I've done quite a bit in the last couple of years, but it's kind of been winding down. And at one point I was sitting in this park high on acid and the guides said, is this different for you? And they said it kind of mocking, like, what are we, what are we doing here right now? Do you need this? And I was like, I just wanted to, you know, I thought I would write. And they were like, do you not write? Have you not heard from us? in the seven hours a day that you're doing fucking read, like, what are we doing here? And I was like, Oh, okay. I don't need to do this anymore. And I did, I took a lot, like a, I don't know, six months off or something, or I would like do a tiny bit to like help someone else do a trip. But I had really started to get to the point and I don't do anything. I don't drink. I don't smoke weed. I, I think, uh, as everyone knows, I'm pretty anti-alcohol. I'm especially anti-alcohol right now, but like everyone do what you want. No judgment kind of judgment. Um, altering in any way has consequences and there are some types of altering when you want to alt, like, are you trying to get off of this thing? You know, are you, are you in a rut because psychedelics are great to get you out of the rut? Are you trying to wake up? Are you trying to figure out who you are? This is what psychedelics are for. Yeah, totally. Um, sometimes you can reach up and do something big. There was this, the big, like life changing first time I ever had to integrate a trip after, was in December with Lola and Lacey, or that's so funny, Lola and Adriana, who Lacey has replaced, I guess, um, in my memory. But, you know, I spent six hours of that processing the suicide of someone who I was, uh, who I care about very deeply. And, and like, we went there to do work. We're like, we're going to do this gigantic dose. I don't do big doses. This is my first big dose. And we're going to work. And we worked our asses off. And I was so traumatized the next day. I wouldn't call that a bad trip I'd call that like I spent two years of mourning in five hours like I was able to that's what psychedelics provide that's what like psychedelic therapy is amazing because in one trip you can work through years of talk therapy stuff this is where it's useful now what's happening and this is like not to say don't do psychedelics to anyone but someone asked on the live like I'm about to do mushrooms and we we're like ah. yeah like recoil um, and several people are saying like, man, I just had a trip and it was bad, like whatever. So like if you are experiencing every day when you wake up right now, like you're on a different timeline. And by that, I mean like today everything feels like it's 
everyone's going to die. Today it feels like the system's going to collapse and we're going to have this great thing. Today it feels like I'm supposed to do this. What's happening is we have been taken out of the safety of the confines of the collective illusion. And we have all been given the freedom to be our own God and create our own reality. And as predicted, that is not immediately uh, like easy. We don't know what we're doing yet. Essentially, the pilot has left the plane and you now are sitting in front of this thing and you're like, I don't know how to steer this. I don't know. Now, when you figure it out, it's going to be fucking amazing. But right now, we don't know what we're doing. We are all collectively trying to figure out how to steer this plane. And you can see the evidence that reality has it's glitching the fuck out. It has no idea what it's doing. And one day I'm like, oh, shit, everyone's pooling a timeline where we end up in martial law and in a police state. And then the next day it's like, Oh, this shit's going to fizzle in five minutes. And the next day it's like, Oh, half the world's going to die of coronavirus. Like this is, um, the reason it feels that way is because it is that way. We are a bunch of gods woke up and started creating reality and we don't know what we're doing yet. And this is how we figure it out. So here, what we discussed was, any altering you have to ask yourself why are you doing it like and for me like um I'm pretty pro weed I don't smoke weed but I'm pretty pro weed if it is getting you out of a dense place I think like if you're surrounded by dense people who are asleep and a lot of drama or conflict or activation you know weed is great for like raising that raising you up out of that and like like um protecting you cocooning you or whatever like helping you raise your vibration I hate to use that language but like if you have awoken up and integrated and you're surrounded by awake people and um it it can also cloud you it can also check you out it can also when things are already maximum fuzzy make them more fuzzy so that is kind of a discernment thing I don't have like people ask me about weed and I'm like, what do you think? Or why are you thinking about quitting it? Because you feel guilty and ashamed and because society told you that? Or are you feeling like it's not it's run its course? And that doesn't mean you quit forever. But like maybe right now is not the time. My feelings on alcohol are I don't I don't think there's a time for alcohol. I don't it's ego juice. It's 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 puts you to sleep. No one has ever been like, oh my God, I realized while I was drunk that I was projecting my trauma onto my wife. Like no one's ever done that. They're like, I punched my wife. That's what they <laughs> projected like, my fist I, into her forehead. Yeah. I drove through our garage door. Um, yeah. We, the weed thing is such a hard thing for me too. Cause it's been my weak spot. I, I love weed and it's helped me so much. Uh, I only, I smoked it when I was younger, like in middle school. And then I didn't smoke it until like again until like four years ago maybe four or five years ago but i picked it up real quick and uh could feel the effects of it it like pulling me out of these these things you know and kind of allowing me to uh like i'd get in arguments with people and get so triggered and so lost in like a feedback thing and not being able to like rationally think and i could literally be like hey pause one second and i'd go outside and like take two hits, three hits of, uh, you know, some weed and then come back in and be like clear as day and like rationally think about it, objectively go through something. And, uh, I'm pretty, I'm like high functioning on it too. Like I can, I can smoke a lot of weed and I'd 
play shows and remember things. It, it, it wasn't, it didn't like knock me down. So I really started leaning on that as a tool and it, it helped me get through these last three years of uh, evolving. And then I just continued it because I was like, well, it, it's not, I'm highly functioning. It's not slowing me down. I can still do all these things, you know. Um, but then things would come up where I would have to not have, uh, be able to have it. Like when we went to China, we've, we're across seas, it's, you can't get it. So I'm forced to get off of it for a little bit. And after a week, I'd be like, uh, and this is only in the last year. It wasn't like this in the beginning, but I, I taking the break, uh, I would get to, I would actually get to a place where I was high. Like I was in that same space and then it would move a little further and I would be like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This, I, I don't think I need the weed. Um, and then I'd get triggered and get pushed back down and then be like, Oh shit, I can't, where is it? Where is it? And so then I'd pick it up again and then, you know, months would go by and I'm still doing it. And now I'm back into this thing where it's, it's, uh, it is clouding me. I don't think it is, but it's so subtle, man. And, and so just in the last two days, I, I like, again, was like, shit, I think I've been smoking too long. I, that's now not having an effect. It's slowing me down. I'm having like way too much a day. And, uh, got just the first day like by the end of the evening i was like oh whoa 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 i see the fogginess now i really see it and i don't want to even talk about because i like i encourage people to have weed because of if you are like struggling to stay awake it's so helpful uh just a couple hits here and there boom pop you up use it as a tool then back off of it don't don't overdo it because it loses its its power you know um but God, now I I can I can sense it. It, it becomes a little bit of a crutch at a certain point. Because remember, the whole deal with the psychedelics is not to like use them and then have them throughout your life and integrate the drug into your life. It's an educational thing. Pick up what you need to get from it. Use it as a tool. When it's done, put it away. Right. As Alan Watts said, if, if you know, pick up the phone. Fucking don't care what it is, but it's basically, <laughs> you know, when you're done, put it put it down, and it can become a thing that will come back around. Like I'm sure after however long it, um, I choose to like be away from it, it will become a tool again that I can, I can balance with. But I definitely had it out of balance. And I've, I've told all my friends that do kind of sense that with me. Like, do you need that weed right now? I'm like, dude, I got it. It's all right. But I know it'll eventually, it's out of balance. I know I'm using a lot of it, but I got it under control, man. Don't worry. Um, and so I just kept, kept going. But man, it's so powerful to just let go of it. The whole thing in reality is balance in every single thing, not there's nothing that's just not about balancing it. And uh, you can go into the extremes of it. I mean, I typically pick something up and run it to the end because I want to know what the back wall looks like of it. I want to feel what it feels like. To it, it takes me over and I can, okay, that's, that's where I don't want to go, right? But I sense it now, so now I'm going to pack it off and then find where that balance is, you know? A lot of people I'm around don't. That's how I am with everything in my life. I jump in. Like if I find a favorite band or music, I just on repeat for a month and then i then i'm kind of like eh, this doesn't have a thing anymore but then four months later when i hear it again i'm like oh wow there it is again it has that power and uniqueness and you just got to balance it you know it's it's a and that's the, all the responsibility like getting into this game in these higher places just you have to balance everything there's no one thing outside of you that's going to fix it um fi or fix your happiness fix your life you just have to take it in pieces you know some of this belief in um, to bring all of these things back together. First, we talked about needing things to be good and fun and easy all the time is unrealistic. And, and you can kind of 
churn through these levels of this experience right now by embracing the difficulty and embracing the sadness and embracing the loneliness. I think part of the loneliness is you're a fucking God. Like it, you're not a cog in a wheel. You're not a battery in a huge pod of other batteries. There is a loneliness about that where it's like, oh, I'm the God of this game. Like you are a character in my game. I'm a character in your game, but you're not going to save me. You're not going to make me feel whole. You're not going to make me feel validated or important. There's a loneliness in that You've had that loneliness your entire life, but you were chasing things outside of yourself. That fantasy, that fucking intoxicating fantasy that if I can just get a million dollars, if I could just get famous, if he would just love me, if she would just pay attention to me, if I could just have this thing outside of myself and we like, we like wrap ourselves up in the fantasy of the thing that we might one day get and that's what keeps us company. And then when we get the thing, that loneliness comes back because it's like, oh, this relationship isn't what I thought it would be. This money isn't what I thought it would be. And you feel that loneliness when you become a conscious God of your own reality. That loneliness kind of sits there always because there's a constant knowing that like, oh, I love this person. This relationship's great. This relationship is this. And I am still completely responsible for my own happiness. And I don't at any point get to indulge in the fantasy that this person is going to rescue me from myself, that this person is going to fulfill something. I don't get to get obsessed like I could get obsessed in unconscious love. I don't get to say like, oh, you're making me do this or you're blah, blah, blah. There is a loneliness in the responsibility of being the God of your own existence. And I think that there is... And like embracing that, I want to come back to the loneliness thing with you, embracing that. And also, I think there's a possibility that this pivot that we're currently in, where we're learning how to fly the plane, I can almost tell that in a year when we've learned how to anchor these timelines, which is what I think we're learning to do here right now, is that we're having all this like flipping around energy. And I'm like, I think by the time we leave this quarantine, we have a pretty like a system down of how to pick a timeline and, and stay on it for as long as you want to stay on it. I bet that like weird nostalgia we keep feeling of like, I'm going to miss this one day. This is such a beautiful point in life where like do you remember when we went from being unconscious and all of the structure of the 3d reality and we beat that game and then we got to learn how to play the new game from scratch this is so fucking cool this is the pivot and people like you and i who love that pivot like i think there will be a point where we are going to look back on this and this is going to be one of those windows in time where we were like Remember when we had no idea how to anchor a timeline or open a portal or just be and we like kept flipping from timeline to timeline and couldn't tell what was going to happen. Wasn't that so fun? Wasn't that free fall so fun? Yeah, wild ride, man. It's just Mr. Toad's wild ride. Uh, yeah, this the lonely nostalgia th thing. I, nostalgia is like the best word for it, but it still doesn't fully describe it. Um, but the the way nostalgia has like a melancholy feeling to it, it's very it's sorrowful but happy kind of because you're like it's a good memory or whatever. Um, the these things that started sneaking up in my life, I, I've, 
since I can remember, I've always had it. Um, it's like a homesick feeling for some home that you don't know where it is. Like I could be in my home, uh, what I grew up in, and it's like this nostalgic feeling that I'm not home. Like why, you know? And when I traveled to South America with the band a lot, I sensed it very strong down there, um, which is probably just something now realizing it's like a I have some connection down there in a past life or some kind of thing. But that's where I really discovered the first two years of the band. We had a uh, wild like ride up, uh, a wild ride like very quickly, like from the start of it. I was in another band for five years, and then on the back end of that, me and Mark uh, got the band off the ground and um god in like a month things just started unfolding and so about two years of non-stop just riding that train up and doing real a lot of work to try to uh keep that going and experienced everything that you get with that everything that i kind of wanted um you know success in music and fame and attention about that doing art and people loving it and making money and girls and drugs and all the fun stuff um felt great and it was a super fun two years getting lost in that but as i as things calmed down and we had our first kind of break um where we had some time off i immediately went down to nicaragua to to surf by myself and be just kind of try to figure out what what had all just happened you know it just was, right. it flew flew by and uh couldn't believe the overwhelming feeling of loneliness and dissatisfaction with something inside, like some little thing that still wasn't itched, like a scratch that wasn't itched. But I had everything that I had understood from culture and from things that that, that should bring happiness. All of these great things. I could have kind of whatever I, I had enough money to get whatever I wanted. And why am I now super, like, sad and lonely with all of that and um even feeling like the the weird i went there to be alone and not have anybody know who i was we didn't you know it wasn't like i could go places and nobody recognized me but um being down there i just didn't want to have any of that so i would talk to strangers and meet people and over time they'd kind of dig out who you know asking about life things and I'm, like, I'm in a band and then i eventually would have to tell them and then they would give me all this wonderful attention and like oh god you're so great well tell me about this oh that. And I'm like, yeah, I, I tell them, but I'm like, in my heart, I'm like lonely. Like, this, this isn't, I shouldn't even tell you this because it's not something you should chase. I'm not happy with it right now. And I don't know why, but um, that's when I started to really tune into the idea that this thing we're all chasing of success and fame and popularity are just transient things that don't really have any kind of glue to them um, to really make you happy. Uh, you have to work to continue replacing the one that falls. Like, okay, now I got success in music. That's not it. Okay, well, let's try something else. How about uh, money or how about sex or how about anything that's going to just not really like bring that deep, stable happiness um and i didn't know what i was doing but i had i knew i started i had to kind of stop playing into that idea so i became very uh passive and very uh reclusive i wouldn't go out and i i, I spent more time alone and uh isolating myself into more loneliness oddly and that's the there's some quote about Loneliness isn't the absence of people, it's the inability to share what really matters to you. Oh, that's good. That was Carl. I thought that's what you were going no, for. No, but that's a good Damn. one. I, you and Carl, man, you got all the Carl quotes. I thought I was Carl. a Carl pro, but yeah. Carl. Carl. 
We know him by first name, not young Carl. Um, no, it's some other guy that's talking about the path of enlightenment or whatever this is. The, the, the seeking, self-seeking is a path from the alone to the alone. And uh, that sounds depressing and horrible, but that's the the whole secret to it. I mean, that's it's what we were talking about earlier. It's it, The game needs to be designed that way. Reality is designed that way. So you can, if you can find that in yourself, the stable thing, then you can have kind of lasting happiness and you realize all these things are transient they're not off limits to play with and and have fun with um do your thing but don't attach to that as the thing that you uh, identify with that's making you happy because it's just not true I, I really don't i've not i'm not like super famous but i've had enough of those successes and, and really checked them off the list and i can guarantee i for they don't for me it did not bring any lasting happiness it was very quick and uh so the the loneliness is it is kind of a thing that is designed it feels it's by design because that is the key that um Do you think this is the absence of desire? Do you think that the loneliness that we are describing I know the the homesickness, right? I think that that is like that's someone who is eligible to wake up in this lifetime feels dropped off on this planet and that's the the homesickness that burned in the back of my life. But there is something that comes with the with the um, what is that poem I wrote that hap- uh, hope is a traveling salesman peddling uh, peddling vacations to timelines you'll never see hope convinces you that there is a door number three when hope itself is a wedge put in a door that nobody asks you to keep open like like my relationship with hope is what kept me like keeps me in loops because it's a fantasy I'm addicted to this fantasy of this thing and the fantasy is that this thing outside of me is going to bring me happiness and as you start to wake up enough to realize oh shit, I got the relationship, it didn't make me happy. I got the money, it didn't make me happy. I got the thing. And I noticed that like early in life where I was like, I was so convinced that uh, I would get so excited for something, get it, and it like I would be bored with it so quickly that I did start to tune into like, none of this brings happiness. Like I didn't think of it that way, but like I did start to tune into that and that loneliness started around that time. What if loneliness is the death of desire? And I, I try to articulate to people how in order to create reality quickly and effectively, you can't have burning desires for things. And the burning desire is you have to be like, I'm going to get that. But the way that I want things, I kind of don't give a fuck. I was telling you this morning that I realized I have everything I want. Like I have the exact amount of money that I want. I can do whatever I want, but I don't have, I don't like, I'm uh, insane about, you know, giving it away. So I have the exact, like all of my needs are met. If I ever want to do something, it takes me like a day to figure out how to get the money to do it. I can travel whenever I want to travel, but I like, I don't like stuff. You know, I don't want a big giant house. I don't want a a car that's ridiculous, but I have a car that has all of the technology that keeps me from running into people when I'm texting. I don't, I have everything. There's nothing that I want. My career is exactly where I want it because there is bigger things. There are bigger things in the future for me and I can almost feel myself holding them back. Because I know with those bigger things comes a pendulum, comes a responsibility, comes more criticism. And I feel like right now, I we were talking about this, right now my 
I fucking hate saying fan base, but like my my fame, my uh, how many people have their perception pointed at me is at the perfect spot because I still can be like very connected and uh, and I don't have to like there comes a point where you kind of have to turn it off because there's so much criticism coming your way. And um, I I have everything exactly how I want it. And there are already logs in the fire that are for the next phase of things. And I already know it pretty close to how those things are going to go. And I'm in this kind of quiet spot right now. And who knows, we might, all the shit might out, go out the window with the new timeline. But um, I have everything that I want. And when you tell people that, they judge from a place of looking for happiness outside of themselves. And they're like, this is all you, you like I wrote a cartoon once about like my character telling these kids, you can have anything you want. And they're looking around her apartment and it's like, they're sitting on milk crates and nothing is decorated, which is not far from what my apartment looks like. Cause I don't care. Like I just don't, if I want it, I could go out right now and fill this entire thing with designer furniture. I don't give a shit. What's it going to do? Like I could, I guess it's, I just don't care. It's not going to make me happy. And it, I'm not at a point where it cares. There was a point where I was like, uh, I need to do some ritual. So I got a couch, but otherwise I don't give a shit. And when I want something, I have it. I was like, I want to go to Hawaii. And I booked an entire thing to Hawaii because I felt like going to Hawaii. But like, I, uh, I don't, this just sounds like a weird privilege rant when I'm, uh, when we're in the Corona thing, but this is abundance, right? It's not hoarding. It's not a ton of extra stuff. And it, it is a weird passive thing where I don't do much. You know, I have like five outfits. I could have as much as I want. I can create anything I want. I can create any level of fame or notoriety or whatever else that anyone chases, but I just don't desire much of it. And there is a loneliness in knowing that when the fame comes, it's not going to make me happy when uh, it is because these things do bring happiness. And there is a transient happiness in we were talking earlier about social media. And I was like, you got two different sides of things. One side of things where people are constantly like that's their fuel source, which is empty. And and you can feel it when people like need the validation to feed them. You're going to get validation from social media. If you're good at it, if you're funny, if you're hot, whatever, you're going to get validation. And it's okay to be like, cool, I'll take this, you know, but to me, it's the equivalent of like eating a Tic Tac for lunch. It's like, I'm going to feel this for four seconds. I know it's empty. I don't care. So like, cool. Thanks. It's like people telling you you're funny after a show. I know comedians that that like gets them through life. And I'm like, I've forgotten a, a good set five minutes later. I'm like, okay, tight. That was good. Thank you for the nice things. But like, by the time I get to the car, that's already dissipated. It almost feels like the loneliness. I was just thinking it, it kind of if you it's your friend in a way like it can be your friend in the idea that you what it's trying to show you is like none of that none of this stuff outside of you is going to fulfill it. So when you feel lonely, it's a time to say like, what am I looking for outside that I think will make me happy? That's not right now because that's causing me to feel lonely because it's pointing you inwards and saying, feel lonely and find it inside, then you won't feel as lonely. As I did say, it's a path from the alone to the alone, but the other alone that you're going to has an immense amount of uh, power behind it and amount because you're understanding that that's why reality, it's, it's you are the creator of it. You are 
you can create whatever reality you want. So you have to be, that has to come from only you. And that's loneliness, but it's, it's actually uh, togetherness too. Because if we're all doing, it's like the whole thing, we are all one. So that this, in this 3D reality, it feels like it's a thing in 3D. Like you, you're supposed to feel lonely because it's, you're, you're looking for it in the wrong spot. So listen to it and say, okay, great. Like I, that means I'm, there's something wrong here. There's some program that I haven't gotten out, you know? Right. So it feels like it kind of is as much as I don't like that lonely feeling. Uh, sometimes it, it can be a, a pointer to, to something that you, you need to integrate, you know? You think that we get out of the loneliness? Cause this is, this is what I think the loneliness is a part of the condition because it just is, it's just, it, it's just, lonely and the the more evolved i evolves like the higher i go the more these feelings exist because striving ceases to exist and fantasy like i used to be so just cocooned by my fantasies and the more i get real things the more i am like these things are beautiful and I love these things and I love these connections. But I had a really intense relationship with my fantasy bonds. I had a really intense relationship with people that never actually existed. Or like for me, it was never material shit. I'm not a very material person. But I have like, uh, and I have a weirdly accomplished most things that I'm like, it, oh, that'll make me happy. I like would get it, you know. As I get further away from that and further away from the striving and further away from like my relationship with desire and just kind of am, it's very easy to create reality from this place. It's very easy to create reality when you don't have the crushing weight of your belief that this will make you happy. But there is kind of a like a boredom or like a like it is it's like a maturity, I think. And there are things that are fun, like the things that are so fun to me are like, I don't I don't we have actually passed my ability. I'm figuring this game out in live, like real time. Like the shit I'm telling you on the podcast is like what I figured out in the last week. We passed my skill set of of manifestation and bending reality last year. I love that shit. That's fun to me. That's exciting. But there is a, I don't, there's a loneliness in the loss of the fantasy that this is going to bring some deep happiness where I think that that happiness doesn't exist outside of fantasy. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I wonder too, because there's the idea that the, the community like community gets rid of the loneliness for a bit, right? Like when you're with other people, but the whole thing is we're all going to die, right? So that's not going to last either. But I wonder if the, the way that when we're, if we're integrating ourselves individually and working on these things and heightening our resonance, we're, we're climbing this ladder at a certain point, it's, it's about being truly uh yourself in a way that you're as you say follow your heart uh what makes your heart sing so follow your heart desire uh and you integrate that and you are being you're able to kind of truly be your real nature and balance that uh then you fit in to the grooves of this i always call it a mandala like when the whole world is this kind of mandala mandala the the way nature is connected to each other and we're connected to it 
if you can, if we can individually balance ourselves, we're then able to fit into the cogs of the wheel of the mandala with another person, and that creates community. But it's still based off of individually being alone and and making sure you're constantly checking your yourself. You know, so you, that's an alone feeling. But there's a, I wonder if it is a the 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 arcs of everything being transient, um, like so relationships and community will last a little bit longer. That's a longer arc that you get to experience right. because you're integrated and the Madala gears are working together. And so it, it has, it's a better oiled machine to have longer arcs of, of these, uh, dwindle down the, uh, the, the feeling of loneliness. Like they, they make it not as, as, painful you know um i don't know it's because the whole thing is it's like i think of the the idea of the alone to the alone is like we are all kind of one so the ultimate like is the one creator is alone essentially but he's but or he he whatever it is it, it it's coming through um it's all about the experience it's getting experience through all the individual pieces which is all of us all beings and nature and everything so that is a form of community in a way. It's like, you know, it's not alone, but it is. It's yeah. one of these paradoxes. I don't know if you can actually explain it. I don't know if there's ever a way to, for us to actually know on this side of it. I don't know. I just feel <laughs> like uh, maybe there is no cure mm-hmm. for any of the things. Maybe, maybe we are attaching expectation to our... Uh, enlightenment, our new world, our our conscious communities, that they are somehow going to be missing things that existed in our old worlds, like misunderstandings and bad moods and tempers and loneliness and, and feelings of sadness. And that that isn't what conscious reality is about. Con- like we don't, this darkness doesn't cease to exist. Pain doesn't cease to exist. We just cease to see it as a negative thing and we say that we throw that stuff around but then we're like how come I'm not progressing well why are you not progressing because I've been sad for three months well how is that not moving forward are you sad about something you were sad about a year ago no well then why is that not progress because we just have this idea in our head that right and wrong good or bad light and dark exist and when we when we find out like oh on the other side of this pain still exists it's like yeah but your perception of pain your relationship with pain your attachment to pain your attachment to pain can change and um i think that in the conscious communities and i want to stop this episode in a second and either start another one or just wrap in our conscious communities i think we have to be prepared that and this is online and otherwise, that we are going to have to figure out a way to relate and connect using language and boundaries. Actually, we could just uh, go into another episode and do an entire episode just on advocating for yourself, boundaries, communicating your needs, attachment system stuff, like the, the inner workings of how do we actually use consciousness in interacting with each other and move forward in a way that's productive? I think we're going to do that. Um, I uh, am really close to getting a million downloads on this podcast that's been out for, um, I don't know, less than a year. I love that people message me all the time. They do, I do. I've been listening to Sobers for years and I'm like tight. First episode was in July. <laughs> 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 Might've been June. Um, 
But thank you so much for listening. I'm really close to hitting a million downloads and I'm like after a million downloads I will change to a place that lets me upload, but I really want to I want to I want to see that million marker. I didn't get to see it on the last podcast cuz we were like close and then we changed hosting services and then we got close there and then we changed hosting services and it's stupid and arbitrary and will matter not at all, but I am like close. Uh, so I'm going to wait until then. But so if you want to listen to more of this bullshit, go ahead and keep checking your podcast app for more things. You want to book a reading, jessareed.com. Patreon is patreon.com forward slash jessareed, Jessareed comedy at Twitter and Instagram and uh, soberish pod at Twitter and Instagram for no reason. Where can people find you, Mark? Uh, Fat Horse Ranch on instagram how about you nate go find yourself i'll be there <laughs> god that was much oh, better so much that. better i can't believe i got him to answer i was finally just like why wow, was okay yeah let's say this stupid shit um we will see you guys soon <laughs>